Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a monthly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we'll fight you if you diss kaiju. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, it's good to be back, one and all. Uh, we are continuing the Mabius train tonight. We, we, uh, we watched, what, 3, 4, and 5 before the show? And tonight we'll be watching episode 6 together of the good... Uh, silver alien who comes from a distant nebula far, far away. Yes, yes, yes. How we doing tonight, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. Have you, uh, what you've been watching, what you've been up to in the toku realm, if anything? I guess when it comes to toku, sort of been dipping our toes into Kira Major. Okay, how you, how you feeling? This is the, this is the current Sentai thing, yes? Yeah, that's okay. the one. So we've seen, like, three or four episodes of it. Okay. I like it. I like the vibe. It seems really fun and creative. There's really only been like three, I think. Okay. Yeah. So it's hard to say for now, but I I mean, I love the suits. I love the Zord. Zord looks fantastic. (laughs) I like how it's composed of like a small bot and a big bot. Like that's nice. Ooh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, the suit designs are really good. And I love all the the sparkly, you know, like sparkle emoji thing they have going on with just everything glittering. That's that's totally great. I mean, if you don't know me, the sparkle emoji is like my favorite emoji. So, so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. They were listening. They were I'm like, into the sparkle. They were like, what does Pat need? He needs sparkle emoji yeah. rangers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're like, are they wizards? Like with mage in the title? That's like the vibe I was getting. They're like, are they, is it magical? Yeah, it's it's a little magical. I mean, it's kind of like space rocks magic. I guess like <laughs> the, the, there's there's pyromancy, necromancy, space rock magic, the the, mm-hmm. the main pillars. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> there's a I guess maybe the mage part could be like no, they actually just say mage. Uh imagination is a big part of it. Ah, uh, okay. Cuz like the 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 red is kind of a if you can dream it you can do it kind of guy like He'll stop in the middle of a fight to draw out something, and then that becomes a weapon. Okay, like, I like that's that. Fun. That's, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, I love Tokyujer and and imagination being a big theme there yeah. too. So that sounds like something yeah. I'd vibe with. So it seems it seems fun. I I like. I would like to see more of it. So we'll we'll probably chug on that. How about you? What are you watching? I mean, Toku wise, uh, not much of anything. I mean, my my big thing has been getting over the One Piece manga hump. I'm now caught up, so my free time yeah. expands here you know no longer in that final stretch uh, i need to catch up sure. on on a few other things but i um i'm trying to clear out the backlog of shows that were sort of you know it's one of those things where my eyes were bigger than my stomach slash time budget so i started things and didn't finish them right now mm-hmm. it's not toku obviously it's anime but it's pretty it's toku adjacent i'm watching the first season of pretty cure the 2004 one a, mm-hmm. a, a mr john q toei production it's a magical girl show, but I mean, obviously, magical girls and and tokusatsu, you know, Japanese superheroes. It's all in the same kind of oof. You know, they have 
you know, their little wrist changers for their henshin, and they have cards they swipe to transform, and, you know, it's all the same sort of style yeah. of heroics and, uh, you know, weekly villains and all that kind of stuff. But I'm really, really digging that, like, a lot. It's it's a really charming little show. I think, again, and we've talked about this before in the pod, but this this style of kind of superheroics and stuff, when you only have very few leads, you can really spend time with them more so than you can when you have a, a more full roster. So only having two, it's just cure black and cure white it's only two you know, rangers or, or magical girls to focus on so you really really i mean i guess the downside of that is if you don't like the leads or if you don't like even just one of the leads well that's 50 percent of the cast basically <laughs> you know that's the risk i guess but right. but um, yeah. uh the two leads are this does air in on sunday mornings too right like it's in the same programming block as sentai and writer i i mean i would assume so i mean toei certainly is like the shape of it is a, you know, a Sentai or a writer show. I mean, again, Magical Girls and stuff coming out of the same, you know, it's it's in that similar space. Um, but it's certainly, and again, being produced by Toei, it's, I don't know when it aired back then, but I am I am certain it could have aired alongside those because it's the same style of Wh- show. Which one? Which one is this? This is the, as far as I know, it's the first Pretty Cure from two thousand four. So Pretty Cure two thousand four. Yeah, okay. I think. Futari wa Futari wa I don't I don't remember what it, it's like Futari wa Pretty Cure or something like I forget exactly what the the first part is but it's Pretty Cure um, but it's good and it's the hmm. the leads are really charming and they're just they're really sweet kids and some good family hmm. dynamic hmm. stuff but with uh, particularly with Nagisa Cure Black's family like just just good you don't you know we we watch a lot of children's programming and that tends to come with tragedy right <laughs> tragic backstories and sure. tragic families and stuff yeah. but uh this has just i don't know the, the the family stuff is really wholesome and sweet and it's just really really good i like it a lot actually and it makes me want to the problem is and i sort of knew this getting hmm. into it the problem is that like i guess what i'm saying is if you like the kind of stuff we talk about on here you're probably a shoe in for pretty cure too because it's i mean it i mean like i said they have little cards they swipe through their magic rainbow colored hench and wrist bracelets and you know super beams and they do lots of cool they don't really do like rider kicks necessarily but they have these really cool they do lots of hand-to-hand martial arts and flipping and stuff like that so it's got you know it's got you covered there has to be in in what 16 years of pretty cure there has to be at least one or two rider kicks in there right like come on yeah their whole thing is and i, I don't know what you call it you see a, a hero do you know do that sort of the jump downward angled kick you're like that's a rider kick baby like you can see you know you get the silhouette of it the yeah. shape of it like they don't really do sure. that but they do this really cool mm-hmm. thing and i don't know if it's just like i don't know if it's an homage to something i don't know or if it's just this is the thing they said this is going to be their cool shtick but they do it in the opening and they do it in a bunch of the episodes when they kick a villain and then they jump away backwards and they like flip head over heels and then like they'll, they'll like land on like a vertical surface like a wall or like a support beam or something and they're sort of like in a like a pounce like like crouching against the wall type pose and then they do this thing where they like they both lift their heads up and look at the villain it's like it's this really slick like backflip thing. I don't like like I said, I don't know if it's an homage or something I'm not familiar with or they were just like the pretty cure thing is going to be cool backflips because it is a really cool backflip. <laughs> oh, and they do All it. Right. I got to see this. Yeah, it, it's in the opening and it's man when they when they like they do this shot, they do this like profile shot where both cure white and cure black like look up at the same time and they're like at I love, oh man, it's great. It's and they do it constantly so I'm like this is 
either they're trying to establish a thing or it's a thing I'm not familiar with that they're referencing, but it is super hype every time they do it. I love it. It's almost like the reverse <laughs> of a writer kit because they're usually like jumping away from something or they just like they'll get they'll scrap for a couple seconds and then like leap away basically and that's usually when they do it oh man it's really really good like <laughs> mm-hmm. here it is a jump to the sky turns yeah. to a rider backflip like it every time i'm like yes yes <laughs> um sure yeah so it's really good and i've really been enjoying it and i'm, I'm probably going to wrap that soon and then i have my eyes set on uh, which I guess we can transition to the news now, because speaking of things that I haven't finished and want to finish, probably some of the biggest news here recently, and I don't remember if we talked about this on the last show or not, but the common Rider, more, we've had, we've had Amazons legally available on Amazon Prime for streaming yep. with English subs as an official release. That's pretty much been the only thing. And I've seen a few episodes of that, and I think you would agree. I think, I think probably, I mean, I don't want to speak for all of fandom, but... Common Rider Amazon's the original Amazon was was particularly brutal and kind of its own thing. I mean, it got canceled early for being too brutal. Yes, am I am I wrong on that? I don't recall. But it sounds right. It was it was know. a pretty pretty bloody toku for all, all things considered, yeah. for especially for its time. And Amazon's mm-hmm. it's produced in you know I say hour long show, but it's like forty five to fifty minutes if you allow for commercials. You know, you know what I mean, like a longer format block of episodes, so not shorter episodes. And it's at least the episodes that I saw had a much grittier, darker feel than most Common Rider and and you know your sort of superhero time block stuff has because it was yep. produced oh, yeah. differently. So we've had we've technically had Common Rider, but Amazon's definitely feels like its own thing, right? It's a it's a it's yeah, a, it's a grittier, yeah. darker type thing, which a lot of people talk about. You know, oh, Common Rider is grittier and darker, but like, let's be real. There are giant yellow and purple bugmen, you know, kicking pink lions off of cliffs. Like, it's not exactly the darkest thing on screen, even if you're just watching it casually. Like, Amazon's just like, it's going for yeah. that gritty feel. Um, but that's all we've had for a long time, and now we have the original Common Rider and Common Rider Kuga available legally streaming. In the United States of America. Now, I don't know what other regions, but I know it's available in the U.S. And that in and of itself... I wanted to salute just now when you said that. Like <laughs> the I wanted to, like, United States. I've never... Heart, hand on my heart. Like <laughs> There's a crying bald eagle. I've never felt prouder of this country than we finally got legal streaming of Kamen Rider. I'm, um, I'm wearing shorts with stars on them right now. I don't know that. Like, <laughs> I wasn't before you said it, but now I am. Um, <laughs> the original Common Rider and Kuga are available streaming. They ha- now original Common Rider dropped on Tubi, which is I think affiliated with Shout Factory. I forget the connection. Yeah, I yeah. I don't I remember if right. they own or Pluto it. Pluto TV. It's like whatever. It's whatever association or whatever deals Shout Factory has. I think you could even yeah. maybe check the Amazon stuff. I'm not sure about that. But. Yeah. I just anyway, the, whatever they're on. It's been on there, and I think, so it being available is just in and of itself a milestone, but I mean, Tubi isn't exactly, when you think of streaming, Tubi is probably mm. not the first thing that comes to mind, but now Mm-mm. we've we've also had Kuga come out, and now Original yep. and Kuga are both on VRV, which is yep. slightly more recognizable because if you are probably in our OOV and you watch anime and stuff, like things on Crunchyroll... Crunchyroll's catalog is on VRV, so it's probably where you know it from. And it's got some other original content and stuff, too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's probably yeah. where the people who listen to this show would, would know the name from. But 
I think the big thing, at least from my perspective, is that VRV, if you have a subscription and all that, has, you know, you can download and play offline and that kind of stuff. And that's just another one of those usability features that I don't think Tubi has that. I don't think they have a download option. Hmm. Even though they do they do have an app, I don't think they have like a, you can download and watch it when you're away from Wi-Fi or whatever. So yeah, that's... Right. But again, and I think also just the fact that the platform is more well-known. I mean, man, having OG Common Rider and Kuga streaming, ah, it's, whew, it's like whew, big victories. We do. Wow. Yeah. The thing, the things that I never thought I would say, but you, hmm. you can just go watch Kuga. How, how great is that? How wonderful is that? Pretty dang sweet. Yeah. And I'm giving it a thumbs up right now. <laughs> Two big scoops of fear. You can't see it, but I am. No, I feel it in my heart. The, that yeah. the, the Godai shaped tattoo on my heart is beginning to glow with warmth because I, I can sense your thumbs up through the, through the magic of the internet. Right. Yeah, so but speaking of clearing out my backlog, originally Midnight Crew Subs was doing the was subbing the Blu-rays for that, and that's how I was watching Kuga, and I watched up to about episode thirty, I think. But I was waiting because mm. they, you know, I know the uh, we know some of the folks that work with them and all that, and they had, had the DVD version subbed, but the video quality wasn't the best, and I would, you know, it's one of those things like I'm not. I, I don't I don't know if I really consider myself like a video file in that sense. Like I'm not going to sit there and be like, it's not in the perfect quality. But if I have acclimated to a certain level of quality, and then it dips, I will notice. So like, oh yeah, what? that's like catching up to Century Kings, uh, Cone Rider Black, and then well, I guess I got to with it, go with HK subs and then, yeah. uh, never mind, never mind. Forget it. Yeah, it's just kind of like, mm. you know, so having watched the majority of the show with those the Blu-ray subs, I was kind of like, well, I'd like to see the same level of quality at least mm-hmm. now that it's available on VRV. After I finish Pretty Cure, I will be finishing up Kuga. That's the next thing to lock that out for me and, and uh, finish that series. So right. I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm also terrified because it's Kuga. It's like the greatest thing. <laughs> and it's also just like it yeah. will, it leaves you a smoking crater. <laughs> are you going to start over or are you going to pick up from where you left off? I'm going to pick up from where I left off. I was doing a thread for it. So I have all my uh-huh, old, right. like I have all sure. like the my reactions to it before so I can go refresh. And a lot of that pain is still there. Like I can, that episode with his teacher, that two-parter. Is still just that knife wound hasn't healed, you know? Like none of All right. <laughs> none of the pain is healed from Kuga, so it's not like I've forgotten. Jeez. <laughs> Kuga is Kuga is really not what it bills itself as because it says no fear and no pain right there in the opening. And I can assure you that is a lie. <laughs> I, it'll drain you of it by the end of it, I guess. I don't know. I, I still oh I don't know how far I got in it, so I can't say. Obviously not very far because I don't know what we're talking about, but we'll get. I'll get there. It's it's much easier to do now. Did you get to the burning church? Um, I mean, that's only episode two, but did you get to the burning church? Yes. Okay. Yes, of course. I mean, because that was like I want. I needed to see that. Like, like for when, sure. When I think of like common writer moments that go on our the mount. I mean, to get more patriotic and to go on the common writer Mount Rushmore, I think Kuga uh-huh. and the burning church has got to be one of the four. You know, it's just such an iconic image. Sure. It's such a it's such a big yeah. scene for a show that does. I would say like a Sistine Chapel kind of thing. Yeah, there you go. There right. you go. Yeah. yeah. You look up and just... <laughs> it's, you're in a church, and at the top is a stained glass of Kuga in a burning church. Just like <laughs> how much would that? How much could would that be like to commission somebody to do that? I wonder. Let me let me. You know what? I don't know. I don't have a stained glass guy, but I'm gonna call up my buddy Pope oh, okay. Francis 
See if he knows a couple of folks. <laughs> hey, Frankie, buddy. <laughs> I need some stained glass done of Karate Bugman. Do you, do you have anybody you recommend? <laughs> Can I get the friends? You know, up? the savior of humanity. Why not? <laughs> um, Hook me up, man. Come on. Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, oh. but I think that's just really exciting and kind of big good news yeah. just in terms of availability. I mean, we've already seen Super Eye Productions has been firing on all cylinders, getting out Ultraman. We got Blu-rays. We're getting yeah. steel books. I mean, just doing... I'm so excited to see them go gang, full gangbusters, and I want to see Toei do the same thing. You know, come mm-hmm. on. You know, p- the people want Kamen Rider. The people want Sentai. Like, you know, keep bringing it. So that's exciting. I think the wind is at Tokusatsu's back. I think. I think. I hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have any other news or exciting things to share? Oh, uh, wonderful 101. That's that counts. Okay. Uh, Talk about this. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shout it shout out right now because I love it. It's fantastic. Um, if you want to feel like you're playing like a team Sentai kind of game, you play as like the entire team all at once, and I think that's like fantastic. Platinum Games action. Ooh. If you're listening to this kind of show, you maybe you have heard of this anyway. And I'm just <laughs> saying old news. Preaching but, to the um, choir on that one. <laughs> yeah. Official game is out next Tuesday. Let me wait. Let me get the date right. I said it to you earlier, but so Wonderful 101 is out Tuesday, May 19th. Um, what Switch, PS4, PC, Xbox? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. Now, so it's a it's an action style game. Yes. yes. It okay. is. It is a an action. What do you call this? What genre is this in it? wikipedia says action adventure kind of game but it plays like astral chain plays like okay bayonetta that like that genre of beat em up there's a little bit of puzzle solving almost i want to say every enemy has a counter that you can counter almost every enemy attack okay with either like a special block or each of the wonderful ones has a different like shape like you draw a circle and that makes that forms like a fist Okay. Oh, um, so the, the team idea is that you uh, you unite up, and when you do that, um, all of your the people you've either deputized or rescued or are on your team become the weapon that you're trying to summon. So okay. like, when you draw a circle, everyone that you're working with becomes like a, a giant fist that you punch monsters with. So it's like fist, sword, gun, and then like other stuff. Like it's really fun. I feel like they really get like the Sentai kind of vibe. Okay. And it's presented in a really fun and cool way. I, I want to do something. It's nothing official or anything, but I do want to do something like oh, give away a copy or something. <laughs> we'll see about that. But, <laughs> I mean, we um, definitely. Yeah. If it's easy to do, I would like to do that. So now, I is it going to be a full like fifty nine ninety nine? like a full, I don't know what the skit, you know, they have different prices. Um, I'm not sure what the full price is. That's a good question. Let's take a look. So I know the, in the Kickstarter, it was like 50-something. Oh, what? Really? Amazon says physical is $40. I don't know if that's 100% hmm. the case. I think I got like a soundtrack with it, with the version I got. But, okay. Um, yeah, I guess 40 But we'll, yeah, I'll look I'll look at it when it gets to the full release. But I, I adore it. It's great. It's not perfect. There are things that are, can be kind of annoying, but that's just, the, that's just you know, that's games, <laughs> but, but it, I'm playing through right now. It's just a delight, like 100% worth backing it. Okay, thanks. So yeah, I guess I got to add it to the list. Am I ever going back? With, <laughs> you know, I 
I've been feeling good because yeah. I've been playing games and completing games, and yet my backlist still yeah. grows. It still grows. No, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what happens. <sighs> anyway, I definitely have to check it out because I mean, Platinum Games Sentai action. I mean, I'm sweating. Like I need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you watch that trailer and you don't feel like excited about it, like it's Battle Pikmin. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's nuts. Battle like, Pikmin. Yeah, like you sometimes you'll throw your people around, they'll carry stuff to you, and then you'll t- grab a gear, you'll, you'll make a giant hand, and then turn a crank on a giant gotcha machine. Like, uh, <laughs> come on, <laughs> what isn't there to get people? Perfect. Come on, come on, come on. All right, yeah. well, I definitely have to check it out now. And you said earlier, I think we were talking yeah. about earlier, you said it was beautiful Joe adjacent, yes. Um, so Hideki Kamiya is, I forget the exact level of involvement in the project, he's in the game, so it's like. He was at Capcom when they were doing like Beautiful Joe is his baby, you know? right? 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 And, and Beautiful I Joe was one on. ah, it was good stuff. Yes, right? Yeah, he gets it. Like he, he gets, gets it. it. And then you know, with this, with Beautiful Joe, Wonderful One One, now Project GG, like, like I want to see Kamiya's take an Ultraman too. It's gonna be sick. I bet. Like, there's no way it's not. You know? Right? Right? <laughs> well, excellent. Anything else before we slide into the uh, episode reviews? I think that's it. So for tonight, before we review, so tonight we, we last time we watched one and two together and reviewed them. Ultraman, maybe us episodes yep. one and two. Uh, before the show, we watched three, four, and five, and now we're going to review six. But first, let's kind of do a quick run through for these past three episodes. So episode three was, I guess, kind of our first standardish episode right i guess the first two were kind of more set up but this one had the giant poison rooster bird on i think yes that's right yeah it was bird on yeah who in three we kind of got to see officially all the guys all the people on guys mm-hmm. all the guys yeah you say all the guys but uh, you mean uh, that like capital letters guys <laughs> yeah capital g-u-y-s no periods all of guys eh? uh officially leave their former jobs like they weren't going to part-time it they weren't going to do both (laughs) so officially they're leaving their former jobs and they're joining guys so they're it's a little bit like stealing their resolve you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. is not like is it worth it like are they making a difference that kind of vibe was uh pervasive throughout we got to see i think we got an understanding of what meteor was um because i was like oh meteor is like a different form it's like no meteor is kind of like the tech that they use right like that advanced tech that they have a limited amount of time to mm-hmm. use and it's like a 60 second timer whereas ultraman is yeah. like three minutes right and then yeah we we see that ultraman can't fight him on his own because when they fight bird on ultraman gets mevius gets poisoned and they sort of have to support him in this yeah it's not enough that he had to fight on his own they had to use one of their meteor tech things to s- save ultraman from a lethal hit mm-hmm and then, so that he could go on and then... It was like a little like containment bubble. And they also used it when he did the final attack. They used it right. to like contain the blast so it didn't like damage the city or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And I think the other interesting thing, at least from my perspective, was that some pretty direct call-outs to other Ultra lore. Because they mentioned like, Birdon has killed other Ultramen. Ultramen can die. Like yeah. there was... Like we're getting... And maybe I just don't recall it from the first two episodes, but it seemed like pretty explicitly like, okay, there are other lore connections here from some of the prior series. 
And man, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. Yeah. The line about the blinking light and that it's not just like a warning. It's proof that he's alive. Man, that line hit me hard. That was really, really yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tepe's got some great lines oh, yeah. throughout. Absolutely. And the yeah. the fight, the 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 fight at the waterside with like the little port city models in the water. Oh, just yeah. immaculate. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That set was incredible. I mean, Super Eye Productions always brings it with the sets. I mean, that's the thing. But man, that was a great I mean, we don't see a lot of I don't want to say we don't see a lot of that, but it was like a little port side town. It wasn't like a big city dock with like warehouses and stuff. It was like a little right. seaside town. And man, that set looked incredible. It looked so good. Yeah. Like I I I'm gonna say I've never seen that kind of thing before. Yeah. This is just my lack of experience, I would say, maybe, but like I was like, wow, they, they really set that one up. Like yeah. it's not just in the mountains, but from the ocean. Like Right. I mean I've and, seen and then when it's like screeching and knocking down or boats and blowing down the water like Right, right. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. And, and I mean I agree with I mean I I have slightly more experience, but I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not comprehensive either. And I could also just forget stuff because I forget things. But, you know, a lot of times sure. when you see waterside stuff, we get to see, again, it's like a big city dock or a port. Or, like, I can think of, like, the f- when I think about the fight in, like, say, King Kong versus Godzilla, like, that was by the water at the end, but it's just kind of a cliff, if memory. Like, it's just kind of like rocks and water. Like, this was like a little seaside town. And it was... And that just had a slightly different feel, I guess, than usually, you you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just, it, to me, it felt like I, like you're saying, I can't think of any other set that looked like that. It was really, really nice. Yeah. Really nice. And then this is just sort of an interesting, like, I didn't notice it in the other episodes, but we started to see them throw around more terms that I could kind of Mm -hmm. understand a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We know... We this is crew guys, but there's also like a guy's spacey and a guy's ocean. Right. So I don't know if we're gonna meet them or if it's just like, oh, they're the other teams mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are out there. They start to say GIG is kind of like a Roger, like a Roger phrase more in this. Like I don't, I don't know that I caught it, but like they were very obviously trying to say it on purpose. Right. Um, so that's sort of cementing the the I don't know the making it official, right? <laughs> Officially, guys, GIG. Right. Uh, we'll learn what that stands for, maybe. I don't know. Or just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wiki it. Episode, was that it for three? Yeah, that was three. So then four. This was the Konomi-focused one. Yes. So Konomi was, I guess, feeling a little bit like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not cool like you. I can't fight like you. So it's kind of like maybe a heart of the team kind of role mm-hmm. or like emotional intelligent <laughs> kind of role. Right, right. Because uh, they're testing out a new meteor attack or something that's old, I guess, that they dug up where they can summon a monster for a minute. Mm-hmm. And they have this montage of nobody else really vibing with Miklas, uh, Miklas, yeah. mm-hmm. the monster, the maquette monster Miklas, until Konomi gets to it. And then it's like, oh, you know, it didn't actually do anything, but it seemed like what you were saying or how you encouraged it seemed like that would get it to do what we need it to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very cute. It's a, like, <laughs> yeah, Miklas super is super cute. I mean, scientifically speaking, him baby, <laughs> him, yeah. him Gongaga. Oh, yeah, hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, percent. Very sweet, and like their little interactions are really cute. Um, and this yeah. is now, and again, I, th- my Ultraman knowledge is like weirdly weighted on either end. Like, 
the original stuff in seven and then a bunch of super modern stuff but this reminded me of the spark dolls in ultraman x which obviously is a later series so i guess that's probably a reference to this so i don't know if this is the hmm. first time they've had like the team be able to summon pokemon right i don't know but i i mean <laughs> yeah my guess is x is referencing maybe is here because they have the spark dolls like that's a whole thing obviously x went in a different route with like well I don't know, maybe we're going to see that down the line, but X had the thing where he could also like discombobulate them and like wear them as armor and stuff, which was super cool. But it's, hmm. it's this like summoning the monsters thing is a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. And so when the monster Kelbium actually shows up, it's got like a spike tail and like fire, fire breath. Mm -hmm. And so it's like dangerous at close and long range. And so they, can't deal with it right away so they need ultraman they need a way to support ultraman and that mm -hmm. that's what they're hoping miklas can do mm -hmm. and so the first time miklas comes out in battle konami gets kind of scared because it's like this is crazy she's on the field and she starts running away so miklas chases after her and it's like ah that thing's not gonna be useful mirai 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 yeah right yeah mirai comes in tells her that Miklas probably imprinted on her <laughs> yeah. and that uh, it maybe it was like trying to protect her and that's why it followed her like it's following her mm. lead on this and so its bravery would be reflected in her bravery and so then she mm. kind of like got to see that so the next time that they encountered it they tried him out and she didn't falter when she encouraged him and so that she nailed it there and they were able to she shot the horn that was a big that's right because it was like he had the fireball, he had the tail, he had the horn, and they couldn't. Right. And like the, they couldn't. The planes couldn't do it because of the fireball, and then right. the the tail was too much up close, and the horn was getting him when he got even at point blank range. But she, like Konami personally, yeah. shot the horn off with her shell. Yeah, that was sick. That yeah, was, was really great. great. Yeah, because everyone was like, "Wait, who did that?" And then she's holding the gun, like, "Whoa!" Yeah, like, she's like, "I did that." <laughs> nailed it right on the horn. Yeah. And at this point, um, instead of the was it the adjutant who's been authorizing the meteor use, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the captain, captain is now for all future meteor uses. He's the one who's going to be responsible for authorizing. Mm -hmm. um, so now, uh, anytime they need to Sally go, he's the guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to mention. Yeah. I guess I, I I also enjoyed this episode. I think this is when I really started to notice the. I really enjoy. I don't know if it was just. He wasn't present enough before, or my brain finally just kind of got it. But the sort of comedic bureaucrat guy, he had, oh yeah, he's yeah. he's a really funny character. It's just him being like, you know, I'm gonna have to explain all this and the paperwork I'm gonna have to do. Like he's completely not invested. He just wants to golf. He does not want to be dealing yeah. with this. He does not want to have to explain to his superiors why they're using X amount of the budget every week. So I, I don't know. His character is really funny to have because everyone else in is, is yeah. through various parts. There's a lot of people who are like, you know, they're they're ride or die for guys, and they're gonna they're in it and they believe in it. And you know, he's just like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because he's like, he's, he is useful in this scenario. And also like, you just, you need that bureaucrat, I guess, to connect with the, whoever's actually sponsoring this program. Right. Right. It seems like it's a government program or something. Like it's not just right. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of authorizations that need to go through. Mm -hmm. So is it for four? I think so. So then in five, uh, we got a focus episode on George, mm -hmm. um, George Ikaruga, who, for whatever reason, I didn't get this, actually was playing for Spain. Like, oh, that's a big deal. 
Like I was like, is he just like, does he just have like a Spanish nickname, but plays for Japan? Like, no, he was in Spain yeah, he was, and yeah. he was a bad team, bad teammate. Like, mm. <laughs> pass it, pass it. He's like, I'm going to do it because I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> just, they hate his guts and they're like yelling at him in Spanish. Like, uh, that was, that was fun in a, in a sad way, I guess. But that also reflects in him not being able to, to be a team player or like just be a support role, even though he is support to Ultraman. The monster in this episode shows up in heavy fog, and the other part of Gun Phoenix that he's not on has a clear shot. He goes forward anyway to take it, and then his confidence is super shaken because this lady, who we totally haven't mentioned until this point, uh, shoots something to deflect his shot because it's this creepy scientist lady that's been summoning the monsters to Earth. It's not clear like what, what the deal is with her. But she's either pulling the strings or something's going on. She interrupts it, and then before they can get any further, the monster just appears in the fog and it gets too thick. Mm-hmm. Also, while they're still in the woods or in this like mountain range, uh, they see a ghost of the captain. So while they're still in the mountains, Ryu sees like the ghost of his captain. Like he's just like, "Hey, captain!" And then like he disappears before we can get to him. And then because of this failure, George and Joe are fighting and Joe, George is like, I'm leaving the team forever. Forget this. I'm not wasting my time. I bet I'm a bad, I'm a lone wolf. Like, <laughs> and then, uh, and then Ryu says like, fine, go ahead and leave. And nobody can go get him. Like he's so then the acting captain actually has to say, Hey, uh, can you go p- pick up? I mean, you need more of this. Can you go pick it up? And he like winks or like nudges her. <laughs> so, Marina has to chase down George and throughout this, like Mirai is challenging George to play soccer. Like mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, like he thinks it's fun or something, yeah. but George's confidence is super annoying and won't let him get <laughs> just, he's so sure of himself that, and he's so serious about it. It's very serious that there's like no room for teamwork, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like he can't trust another person to do it. We have this fun little soccer segment where George is going to kick three shots, and if Mirai blocks any of them, then he wins. But if he doesn't, then George wins. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the last, on the very last shot, George either like messes it up or like on purpose messes it up. It's not clear, but he accepts it as his defeat, right? And sympathizes with Mirai. What Mirai is trying to do here, mm-hmm. and a really um, fun little segment it has some kind of almost like. Shallow in soccer elements, he's like kicking flaming balls, and Mirai's oh, blocking yeah. it. And there's like smoke coming off of his gloves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And then, so we get another combat segment where the fog monster shows up in the main town, and so they have to go, they have to go and face it there. George actually plays nice and does support with while Mebius is trying to fight it. Um, oh, we have this—I forgot to say this—but we have this like nice moment where. Um, Marina has always been a fan or has been a fan for George, mm-hmm. of George for a while. Mm-hmm. And she saw some interview where he was like, I want to be Ultraman when I grow up. And it's like, I don't know when he did this interview, but like, <laughs> it's really sweet. And um, he's like, I, don't even, I don't remember that. Like, he's too hard. So he's sort of playing soccer with Mirai kind of brings that back with him, mm-hmm. awakens that in him again. And he brings that into the combat. He actually plays a support role. And together they take down the the fog monster. What is it called? Sadora? Rock monster Sadora? Mm-hmm. 
um, and he hits like the, he nails the weak point, which I think of the ear. The ear. It thing was like they were like, well, they were like shark, like a hammerhead shark, like the way it's got the, it's like forward head. I guess yes, fins. Yeah. I mean, they're not really fins, but like the the head shape. They they specifically call it like, oh, it's like a shark. That's like its weak yeah. spot. Right, and so that immobilizes the monster so that Mebius um, can take it down. But it turns out, uh, even before he can land the final blow, there's more. There's another monster that was in the fog, um, which I think they kind of hinted at. Like the, suddenly, the monster was behind them during the fight, and it was like, wait, are there two? Like, right. I was suspicious of it. Like, I don't know how it moved that quickly. Right before the two monsters can get Mebius, another thing shows up that was actually the beginning of the episode. Right, yeah, we had that little bit of the beginning with this. Yeah, it's like another Ultra. I didn't know this was going to happen. And so that, that one showed up just like, boo, the other one's no problem. And that uh, scientist lady is super mad <laughs> that that happened. I mean, that, that seemed like that seemed to cover it. Like the and that scientist lady has been throughout the episodes that we've seen where she's like, got her creepy long tongue and she's like oh boy like, i don't know what she wants and it seems like she's hungry because she was like go away we're feeding um so either she is going to eat the monsters because like or whatever the monsters are doing sustain her right i mean there's definitely some kind of like menacing hunger overtone because like her tongue is this huge like you know reptilian like yeah. huge like sliding around her mouth like there's some kind of hunger yeah. eating element there yeah and the new ultra that showed up is like cool you know blue and silver which you know ooh, blue ultra yeah. i always love blue ultra designs so sure yeah. excited i like this one a lot a lot of fun with george just, just kind of his whole thing is i don't know i don't know why it's both endearing and funny at the same time because it's like i guess the other one's like you know oh i was you know I, I, i've been with guys since the beginning or i'm just a humble school teacher ready to fight to save the people and like i'm a professional soccer player i don't know why that's like he's really yeah. he's an endearing character but it's just such a funny thing like pro soccer guy help us save the world i don't know why that i don't know it works he's a though. really good shot like, yeah he's a really good shot yeah yeah but then also i think the thing uh the uh we get a night fight which is always great yeah with kaiju just the the night fight at the end was really really nice really well done looked mm. great looked, looked terrific oh there was something kind of upsetting in the episode that I wasn't really sh- clear on because we see a family that's like on a hike or something at the beginning and mm-hmm. it looks like they get a connect. And at some point when they're in the fog and they're surrounded by fog, they think they're near it and they hear this like gross sound, like a chewing blah, 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 oh, sound. Oh, right, right. And I'm like, did the family get eaten? Is that what they're implying? Is that what that is? Or is it just a, a byproduct of the fog emission? Like, mm. what is that? You know, mm. yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because it was like they spent like a good thirty seconds at least on that, like that sound, like ugh, well, yeah, yeah, um, yucky. That was pretty gross. Pretty gross. All right. Well, I mean, I really enjoyed all three of these episodes quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Even already, even as someone who is predisposed to like this stuff, I was like, ooh, I really like this. <laughs> more than just mm, yeah, yeah. It's like more than just ooh, this is comfort food. Like it was just really, really good. So. I'm excited yeah, yeah. excited to watch episode six. Find out who this mysterious blue stranger is. Could it be? Who could it be? この番組はダノシーとキュアスクリグループ、PRTとザコミックフィンドとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りします。
And we're back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun, man. Ultra is good. Ultra is, Ultra is good. good. I love it. Right. Let's do a quick summary of episode six. Sounds good. So it opens up with some beach training that Mirai and Ryu are doing. The scary lady shows up and has been like watching them or something. Or she throws something to the ocean. And then the ghost of Serizawa shows up and fights her. Like this is like a cool, like a high speed action fight mm-hmm. um, before she disappears. Dramatic, and, uh, dramatic fight on the beach. Always good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they get called back to HQ. At HQ, they're kind of studying some footage. I guess there was another Sadora that they hear. They hear, It just sounds like it's screaming or it's yelling. But then Marina's super hearing. Her superpower is super hearing. And she can hear that something's weird about how it's shouting. Uh, we also get a little bit where she's like a uh, she's a dead eye. She's like a really good shot. And she's uh, she can tap into that seven seconds of concentration that humans are capable of. Um, and really good for a human that Mirai says Uh, and this sort of challenge kind of taunts Ryu a little bit because he's that kind of guy where he's like ah like he gets challenged he wants to do better than that right and this hearing thing that the super hearing thing that we find out Marina's capable of is also a downside in that it makes her like extra cautious so she could go top speed but because she can hear all like when she was racing, she could hear the machines creaking. Mm-hmm. She could hear risk. So she she wouldn't go top speed. She couldn't go record-breaking speeds like other people that she was competing with or competing alongside. So then they're told that, oh, the next mission that they're going to do is underwater. But before that, they find out they, they're able to sort of remove the fog from the footage. And this predator monster thing grabs that third Sodora and it's pretty scary looking like so they they have to face like okay so there's some other thing that is an ultra like thing that's that can defeat monsters and there's a monster that's eating other monsters mm-hmm. um oh you know what that might have been that scary noise that they heard when they were in the fog because they did hear that so they're told that their next mission is underwater so they have to go underwater and uh they meet twin tail um, but before that, that lady that's been following them shows up. She's laughing underwater, which thankfully, first Marina heard. Everybody else saw it, thank goodness, because that way she's not just like a crazy person. And then she awakens Twin Tail. Mebius has an underwater fight with Twin Tail. Um, and because it, it's underwater and this is like an underwater monster, um, it has an advantage over him and like tricks him into going into underwater quicksand mm. just, <laughs> he's just he's not it is a hard fight he's struggling um, but they realize that the they they realize that the glowing spots on its tail because its face is on where our feet would be um it has like two spots hideous like eyes <laughs> oh yeah terrifying <laughs> um they decide oh okay that that's probably the weak spot so they decide to shoot at it to stun it and it seems like Marina can hear that their machine is struggling a little bit because maybe because they're so far under the water. But some Ryu says something like, "You have to believe in the machines. Mm-hmm. You have to trust trust in this stuff." Right. And uh, the machine like is able to cool down. Maybe it's because he resisted for a bit and didn't fire right away. They're able to take that shot, stun the monster, and then uh, Mavius is able to finish it off. 
But right as that's happening, he's still stuck in the ground. So that lady reveals her true form as that predator monster from earlier. And it's like getting ready to eat him. And Tsurugi, that blue ultra, shows up to mm-hmm. scare her away before before she can do that. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it ends there. Yeah. And so now we're kind of left with like, oh, this this scary lady is even scarier. Yeah. <laughs> and um, surprise. What's up with this? What's up with this blue ultra guy? I think that person. Mm-hmm. I think so. So how do we feel about this one? I really like the introduction of a predator monster. Mm. That. That was not something I was prepared for, but I guess it sort of answers the question we were having about, like, what's that lady's deal? Right. Um, And also, what was that disgusting noise that they heard in the previous episode? (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. It was... uh, I really like this episode. What an interesting hook, I think, for... uh, Sadora? Am I I misremembering her name? Our motorcycle guys member. Oh, uh, Marina. 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 I don't know why I said Sadora. Sidora is the, the monster that got eaten. Oh, lordy Lou. Um, so, uh, Marina, I th- what an interesting hook for her. This, like, I, m- my hearing was so good. You know, it, like, made me nervous about doing my job, basically. Like, what an interesting, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I could not have predicted that in a million years, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, it was an interesting hook for her, I thought. And, man, what a bizarre monster oh my gosh <laughs> what twin tail yeah twin tail is a pretty horrifying kaiju <laughs> super gross for being underwater yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. The... no thank you it said that it had been defeated by gudon in the past which i'm not sure which one that was but that might, might have been the monster from one of the first two episodes I, yeah i don't but, recall yeah but man what a what a hideous design that that like the like insect like it's appalling the yeah, yeah. The, the insect like tail with the antennae and then <laughs> the um the sort of dopey face it has like man what a <laughs> yikes. yeah yeah yikes <laughs> yeah oh gudon was um that spiky that spike whip monster oh so it was the one from second second episode ah okay okay yeah that must be it yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, really bizarre. Really weirded me out. <laughs> Not <laughs> really. Wow, are you gonna, are you gonna have nightmares about this one? Or? I mean, hey, maybe. You know, who's to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely being stuck underwater in quicksand is yeah, all sorts of upsetting. Sure. Yeah, especially and and on top of that, <laughs> with another monster with the tentacle and all that. I think, man, it's it's really interesting how much Mabius is struggling. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, that's part of the game is you. You have the you know the hero struggles for a while and then triumphs in the end, but like maybe this is really having a tough time with some of this, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. Which I think is just interesting that he's not just like ah, he's just not just like pulling it out at the end every time. He's he basically needs everyone else to help him constantly, um, which I appreciate. So right, and not just that. Like now we need like a whole whole other Ultraman to show up and save him. Like right, twice. right, exactly. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I like it a lot. It was yeah. a it was a good episode. I like the yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. mystery. You know, we we get a new ultra pretty early here. Um, I'm still, I don't know if I'd say secondary ultras are, I wouldn't say new to me or anything, but it is. Um, uh, it certainly seems early for this, doesn't it? Like a little bit. 
Yeah, I would say for what whatever year it is. Um, I keep forgetting what year this was made, but for as early as this as this feels, it seems extra early to have a secondary ultra show up. Mm -hmm. Like that mm -hmm. seems more like an episode ten thing, right? Right, for sure. Oh, I I did really like so we, during this the reason that uh, Ryu and Mar Marina were in one ship and Mirai was flying solo which let him sneak away much easier is because George is afraid of the ocean. Like he didn't want to go underwater. I thought that was really funny. Like right. there's, just, there's a lot to, we, we know maybe the most about his character so far, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that, that was a nice wrinkle to his, to his personality. I thought so too. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really good episode. I'm really loving the crew. Yeah. A lot of love the guys. Yeah. Lo lo loving the guys. Really interesting choices. I think between this episode and last episode with the, you know, with the whole professional soccer player and motorcycle test pilot who can hear too well. I don't know. It's just a really interesting team, I think. Um, yeah. Good monster designs. Dem early secondary ultra. I'm really digging the pace of it. There's, there's a hook that I didn't bring up or I just remembered from, I think, the third episode when we kind of see their lives outside of, or their lives that they left behind. And Konomi is really sad that she left the school and she even at some point got to go see the school and all the drawings that the kids made for her. And Tepe's mom is like, where is that boy? He didn't come home last night. Is he out with bad, bad people? So I feel like that one is going to be when, when Tepe gets his focus episode, we're going to see that like his home life interfering. And then maybe he's going to have to make a stand about like, no, this is what, I want to do with my life, you know? Mm, right, right. He didn't just luck into it as much as it seems they all did. Like, this seems like he's something something he'd be passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent stuff. And I want to know what's up with that ghost captain, too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, he's clearly not a ghost now, but he keeps fading away in those shots, so I don't know what's mm -hmm. happening there. Mm -hmm. All right. Any, anything else? I guess we need to go to Twitter questions at this point. I believe because we do have a few. Yeah. Yeah, we got a bunch. A buttload. A whole load. A load of boots. A bootload. A bootload. Let me see if I can find my own account. Here we go. Okay. Let's see here. So, first up. We have buddy Hinkaru. She asks, I'm a simple gal. I see kaiju and I want to talk about them. I just want to know which kaiju so far in this series is your favorite. Because thus far, my favorite one appears in episode four. So she is referring to... Let me look at my hastily scrawled notes. So she's referring to... Well, I guess it could be Miklos or it could be the, the hammerhead monster. But I, I'm assuming she means Miklos because Miklos is such a sweet baby boy and everyone loves him. But, uh, so that's an interesting question. What's your favorite kaiju so far, Pat? Um, I don't know if it's cheating, but I really like this predator monster. Like, I like mm. the design of it, like, eating with its, with its wing. Yeah. Wings. Yeah. Those... That's terrifying. Yeah. And they're oh. all, like, meaty and stuff. Ah. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, teeth back there. I love it. It's scary. I think that's really cool. I mean, even just that phrase. Uh, Kelbeam. Kelbeam was the name of the other monster. Oh, so. okay. Kelbeam. But even just that phrase. It eats with its wings. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. Gorillas. Yeah. yeah. Really, really great kaiju design there. Uh, personally, my least favorite is definitely Twin Tail this episode. 
gross not, not a fan because of how upsetting it is like, it's some, yeah, right. something about the dopey little face at the bottom doesn't it distills fear in me hmm. let's see favorite kaiju thus far i guess bird on just because he's a uh big chicken big yeah he's, he's, chicken. he's a giant he's a flying rooster with poison sacks uh and he was like immediately a threat just because he had like you know he had a cool uh damage condition rider uh mm-hmm. so like he was automatically a threat. he didn't he wasn't just like a beater right he didn't just come in and and smack ultraman around like he like lethal uh critical damage right out the gate so he's a really, really weird design and that's i guess i don't know about you but when i think about a giant rooster my first thoughts aren't flight and poison but they went there no. um with <laughs> some interesting choices there so what a what a weird wonderful design sure. let's see uh, our buddy Dan asks if you could choose one ability, any Ultraman iteration from, from I guess from any Ultraman iteration to use in your day to day lives, and you'd have to use it. What would it be? Hmm. Uh, have to use it. That's a toughie. I mean, just being yeah. big is cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Like I'm big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be a pretty cool way to get around. Like forget forget driving, forget mm-hmm. a commute. You just sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I use it every day. maybe this is cheating a little bit but hmm. in was it in Jeed where what was the characters the office worker guy Lito he uh yes he Lethal. yeah he's uh he's Ultraman Zero's host and Ultraman Zero is like constantly talking with him mm-hmm. I want that power I want the power to just talk to Ultraman Zero all day every day because he's one of the most ridiculous sure. characters ever he's such a He's such a big dummy. I, I really love him. So yeah, yeah, I definitely would want the power to talk to Ultraman Zero all the time. <laughs> Even though Be the, the coolest the coolest dad, yeah. Yeah. The, the the downside being that Ultraman Zero could talk to me all the time. So Oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> How about yourself? Yeah, I would say just flying, you know. Any that's maybe that's too simple, but just being able to fly is always like that's my number one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or one of my number ones, I guess. Like super speed flight, flying everywhere, I would do it. Even if like like uh, there's an unidentified object, object. <laughs> and I would ride on your back so, like a never-ending story. Whee! Sure, <laughs> easy. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, our good buddy Pre, she asks us for Grant, what's an alien or a kaiju from the Showa series you'd want to see make a comeback in a modern series? I guess that's an interesting one, especially because in Ultra, they're really, really good about bringing back old monsters. But, I mean, it seems like the connotation here is to, that hasn't shown back up, but I'm just going to ignore that and pretend like it can be any of them. And for me, it's always going to be either Dinosaur Tank or King Joe. But I guess I'll go with hmm. Dinosaur Tank because I don't think he shows up that much, but he's just a dinosaur that's a tank. What a just... <laughs> Sometimes a monster is just a plastic dinosaur on remote-controlled tank treads and... uh that's all you need, baby. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> For Pat, uh, what's an alien or monster from a different franchise that you'd want to see show up in the Ultraman universe? Mm. A different franchise. That's tough. That's so broad. Uh, you know what? I would like to see an Ultraman and Ga- Gamera team up. Ooh, a man after my own heart think that would be pretty cool how, like how amazing would that be because he has i mean he has that 
Is it Defender of the Universe? Uh, Guardian. Well, I guess it depends on the translation. But yeah, either Guardian of the Universe, Defender of the Universe, something like that. Yeah, he has that sort of heroic subtitle. It's not like as cool as Godzilla is. It's kind of ambiguous sometimes. Like Godzilla's just sure. kind of there. But for Gamera to have that, like, I'm on the side. I'm on your side. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be pretty fun. Team up. And he and, fight something. he and Ultra are both friends of children. So, you know, protecting yeah, the, the so. youth. That's that's sure. all good stuff. Yeah. Our good buddy David hits us with a barrage of questions, as he does, and we love him for it. Uh, first yes. off, and he says, all my questions are related to the episodes. The first question is, what is the best fast food fried chicken? <laughs> Obviously a reference to our good buddy Bird On from episode yeah. three. I'm, I, I have mine... I'm curious to hear what yours is, Pat. What's your? Are oh, you putting me on the spot? Do you want me to go first? I'll step up to the plate, but I think my answer is kind of. I mean, if if there was one, I would one near me. I would go way more often to Popeyes. There you go. Uh, that that's is my. That that's is, my go-to. I mean, it's it's completely subjective and taste-based. At yeah. the same time, Popeyes is absolutely the correct answer. <laughs> it is. Um, you, he did. He did say. He did say Bojangles, Bojangles which I've fun. had, and it's pretty dang good i've only had it in an airport so i would hope that like <laughs> airport at like a regular location it's even better but it was pretty good for what i had eaten like sure it's just popeyes yeah. hands down man you can't oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not sure. just the chicken it's like everything mm-hmm. in the popeyes menu it's it's mm-hmm. it's man when you take those biscuits and you dip them in the in the mashed potatoes with that cajun gravy mm-hmm. Mm, there's <laughs> <laughs> it's that in addition to also just being really good fried chicken for fast food fried yeah. chicken so yeah. you can't you can't compete man hands down and you know there's the chicken sandwich thing or whatever and that's all great too but i mean i'm just talking just bar for bar pound for pound basic fried chicken popeyes is going to blow a lot of those out of the water i mean let's not sure. even yeah zaxby's is pretty good too now i'll take that Zax- i mean zaxby's is good oh i've heard zaxby's is Zaxby's. pretty good kfc is not even i remember as a kid kfc was okay but man, I, yeah. I I had it like within the past few years. It is, I I can't handle it anymore. Especially when I know there's better. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. A second question: If you had a Miklos, what would its name be? Oh, that's the hard part. Naming the babies. Hmm. Mm. If I had a Miklos, it's kind of sound kind of like a regular name, but be wrong. Like, right? Just be off by a little bit. Hmm. Or be food named. Food name would be yeah, fun. It's kind of like a leafy monster, isn't it? So I don't think it has to be Mikolas specifically, but I think it was like a Mikolas. Oh, I all right. Let's. It's much easier if we go with Mikolas. Yeah. What would we name a Mikolas? Hmm. I I I'd probably give it just a ridiculous name. It has hmm. to have a tiny sweet name because it's such a enormous kaiju beast. So probably like Sweetums. Sweet. Sweetums. <laughs> Sweetums the kaiju. Sure. Five yeah. stories tall, big round eyes. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, come here, Sweetums. <laughs> you know, stomping through the city. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's what are you naming your Miklas? I gotta I know. The, the people want to know. I would want to name it like food, <laughs> like some kind of food or or candy or something. I feel like so gumdrop. I mean, maybe zebra gum. <laughs> Remember what no, it's called, but the zebra gum. <laughs> oh man, I had something just like kind of going into my head. 
But now I'm just looking at a, a package of Reese's, so I don't know. <laughs> hey, Reese. Would it be Reese? Reese's. Would it be Reese? Reese is a fun name. Reese is a cute name for yeah. a giant monster. <laughs> yeah. So Reese it is. Reese and Sweetums. Yeah, so it is. Sweethearts. <laughs> Smarties. Okay, Smarties. his third question. Are blue Ultramen cool like blue hedgehogs or uncool like blue Supermans? So this is... <laughs> Obviously, a reference to Sonic the Hedgehog, but also Hedgehog, if yeah. you are—I don't—I don't know if our listeners, if you, you at home, the viewing audience, Superman had a phase in like the late '90s where he was blue. He like, his like powers changed for a little bit, yeah, and he was blue, right. but then he was also red because it was like a split thing, and they were like sure. both other aspects of personality. Now, I'm of the opinion that as weird as that era was. And I don't really think of the stories that fondly. His look was really cool. That is a yeah. like the suit is really really nice looking. Like it kind of uh, who was the character that they created for Superman the animated Livewire was that her name? No, I can't remember. I'm gonna have to look it up using, sure. using the Google. Superman the animated series light sorry i'm talking like a hacker in a movie when i'm saying everything that i type mm -hmm. here she is okay oh yeah yeah, yeah. livewire okay about. yeah livewire that's her name she looks kind of like livewire but like yeah. if live like, or he looks kind of like livewire like if they had like a suit mix i don't i really dig his look the stories or whatever and i think the stuff where he was like he couldn't block bullets because he was trying to figure out it, it was like a containment suit or something. It was it was a mess. It was a complete mess story wise, I guess. But what a cool look for soups. I'm all about the alternate looks on iconic characters. Anyway, that was yeah. a super weird tangent. So yeah, are blue Ultraman cool? Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Also, yes, especially because this yeah. one has those cool spiky bits. Lots of spiky oh, yeah. bits. Yeah. Very sharp. I guess I would say this, and this is not like a shot across the bow because I love all Tokusatsu. But the nice thing about most of your base ultras is they are very very simple and clean mm -hmm. like the you know, your base ultra forms don't look they're not busy they're very very simple so like adding another ultra it doesn't need that much more to really differentiate it like this guy has he's got some spiky bits but it's not like i mean i don't know you take like the base form and say i don't know common rider build right or the base form of common rider zeo or something like these are busy suits right out the gate and then like to differentiate, you kind of have to like keep piling on more stuff. <laughs> so starting with such a simple look makes it very easy to add just a little bit more. Like he's got some little spiky bits on the wing. Like oh, he doesn't yeah. have eyes, just little kind of spiky fingers, like little beautiful oh, yeah, fingers. That's true. You know, it doesn't right. take much and totally different feel for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Blue Ultras. Very big fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is I think might be one of the first times I've actually experienced it. So this is like. Well, who's that guy? Um, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't talk. He just kind of shows up and does cool things and then zips mm -hmm. away. Yeah, I would like to know more about him. We also notice he doesn't have the color timer, so that's mm. interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. I don't know if it's a budget thing or he's he doesn't need it because he's that cool. He's that cool. He's just too cool. Yeah. His fourth question: Do you think Twin Tail tastes good? And then a follow up: What is best tasting monster? David was very hungry when he wrote these questions yes. to us. Yeah, clearly. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not the most adventurous when it comes to seafood. Uh, I know. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy seafood well enough, but I'm not like, like if you took Twin Tail 
and yeah. you cooked that up and threw that on a plate, you can sell it to me any way you want. I probably wouldn't eat it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not... I would be like, you know what? This is for the table. Everyone else enjoy. I'm not touching that. So I will, wow. I will never know if Twin Tail tastes good. Never. I'd try it. I'd try it. You're, like, you're a brave man. I imagine man. it's much like a lobster or something like that. Just a big old underwater bug. Yeah, see, that's my As problem. much of them are. Lobster's like the I mean, thing, hey. right? Like lobster's like the pristine. It's the steak of the sea, and yet it is a bottom sure. feeding bug. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> hey, man, it used to be thought of as, like, water trash. Like, it was uh, commoner food until I, rich people made it a thing. I would not... I, personally, I would not subject lobster to commoners nor... I, I would not... I don't... Not for me. More for everyone else. I No. No, thank you. <laughs> and Twin Tail is... What, it, well, what? What is Twin Tail if not a horrifying half lobster with, like blue from blue's imaginary friends or whatever sticking out of the front like <laughs> terrifying sure. creature yeah i, I imagine bird on is more your speed mm. for monster food if properly prepped and spiced yes i mean yes. of course yes we're not just eating them raw my goodness <laughs> i don't know man. in any case i don't know yeah i've i've seen some of those people i would lean i would say in general i would lean more towards the bird on as my food of choice mm. But I would try. I would try Twin Tail. I'm really. I'm proud twin. of you that you're that brave. Like you're braver than me. I'd be standing at the edge. Like no, I can't. Sure. Oh yeah. Pat, this is okay. up to you. Putting on your bib, fork and knife, but to eat Twin Tail oh, yeah. by yourself. Giant fork and giant knife. <laughs> it grows out of your arm like maybe it's a sword. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. I changed my powers. I'm gonna use the knife arm. <laughs> All the time. That's the power I want to use. You have knife arm and fork arm so you can eat the kaiju. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, horrifying. Yep. Oh, jeez. Amazing. And a bonus question from him. If you were a wimpy monster, I am, what could somebody tell you to get you to monster up and fight? Um, you know, I guess more pretty much what Konome was saying, that like whoever's cheering me on is with me. You know, I'm not running away either. Mm. That that confidence, that uh, comforting confidence, I guess. Yeah, that would definitely work on me too. I feel like like think of the people or think of the children or something like like if if, if somebody were like point at a, just... at a group of like civilians like like scared and worried, I'd be like monster monster up time and probably get defeated because I don't really know if I'm that good of a fighter. Sure. And I think if I were made to be kaiju size, I think my clumsiness would also grow exponentially. Like, I don't think it would get better, you know? So, so the whole montage where you're, like, tripping over rocks. <laughs> exactly. And, I, like, I yeah. step on a city bus and, you know, fall on my back. My wife is nodding mm -hmm. in the background right now. She's... Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> yeah, so that was all the questions that we had. Thanks, everybody, for sending those in. Thank you, David. Yes. For always spending your time sending us lists of wonderful questions. Yeah, so that was us through episode six. This was a good one. This was fun. Good episodes. Oh, good yes. questions. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, so th thanks. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll look into the wonderful one one thing and definitely mm -hmm. we'll mm -hmm. be picking up shirts again. I think we. I think that kind of service is still available right now. So Hopefully. We'll get it to them eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We... yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast. Podcast.